0: He's involved in a number of businesses.
1: He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American,
2: a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
3: This is John Katsimatidis and this is Cats at Night. The number one show at 5 o'clock. And we got a great show for you today. And uh, we we have a a studio full of people. We have Governor McGreevy here in today. And we have uh, Judge Weinberg. We have... Craig Eaton, and uh, I'm I'm sure uh, uh, I believe John McLaughlin is going to come in and tell us what the heck is going on in the primaries. Uh, What else do we have, uh, Lydia?
0: We have a great show for everyone. We'll have Professor Alan Dershowitz, uh, Joe Jackalone. He is a professor at John Jay, former NYPD. Of course, he'll talk to us about that alleged subway shooter that they just arrested, the NYPD fine work there. Dr. Mark Siegel, we're going to talk to him about some disturbing trends of fentanyl overdoses and we're just watching this story as well in Texas that 14 children have been killed. a teacher I, just this is horrific. Like I, don't, I can't even imagine the pain. John:
3: 14 children getting killed. I mean, that's horrible.: 14 children And you know what that's teacher. their safe place. Kids need
2: to feel safe going to it's school cool. And you know kids see this on the TV and, and they're afraid to go to school. It, it's sad.
3: Now I'd like to see who this criminal was because like we said in New York. Uh, and there's a big uh, meeting on Thursday morning, uh, Judge Weinberg and I Charlie understand Gasparino. You're, you're, you're going to be calling me, uh, going into my place. Tell us about the meeting.
4: The meeting it's
3: it's called by
4: uh, Mayor Adams uh, under the auspices of the Partnership for City of New York. You're going to have 100 150 of the biggest business leaders in the uh, in the city there, trying to deal with this climate of lawlessness, this uh, morass that we've entered into because we do not have effective public safety in the city. Mayor Adams is doing what he can. But he has a recalcitrant state legislature, refuses to do the right right thing. You have a governor who didn't push hard enough during the budget process to get a cleanup to all these anti-police, pro-criminal Laws that keep coming out of the legislature. The legislature has become a dangerous place to protect the city and the state of New York.
0: This guy, Andrew Abdullah, the suspect in this uh, subway shooting. I was just listening to the NYPD press conference a short time ago. This is like what you say, John, always. This is not a petty criminal. This is a violent criminal. We're talking about attempted murder in his past, which he only served 30 months for. He was sentenced, excuse me, for 30 months. I think he only served 24. We're talking grand larceny. If
3: the state, listen, it's we got to go on to Mr. Dershowitz, but if the state assembly and uh, Mr. Uh, Hasty and Cousins, Stuart Cousins from the state senate would would put the violent criminals in jail... This wouldn't happen.
0: Absolutely. Professor Dershowitz, we've been talking about the crime wave that's basically sweeping across the country. President Biden also signed an executive order in the name of George Floyd, which we're questioning, is the is that even possible, that he can do that? Welcome back to Cats at Night.
2: Well, thank you so much. You know, we have to adopt a neutral policy toward crime. It can't be politically correct. It can't be that we focus only on white racists that kill black people. Uh, we have to focus on all victims alike. More black people are killed by black people than by white racists. And we, we we are unwilling to look at some of the racial elements in crime. And, you know, one doesn't want to paint with a broad brush. The vast, vast, vast majority of African-Americans are law-abiding and are victims of crime and want to see The police given more funds, not less funds, but you have the radicals, the AOCs of the world who have taken over a wing of the Democratic Party and will not allow neutral principles to protect us from predatory criminals. And there are predatory criminals. How do I know? I've represented some of them for years Uh, and, and I know that there are bad people out there and there are good people who are victimized by them.
0: And just to let everybody know, the suspect in that Texas elementary school shooting is dead. Uh, they have confirmed that the suspect is also dead. We don't know exactly who he is. Um, it's just such a tragedy. I, I mean, when we talk about crime, we're talking about the street crime as far as gun leg- but these guaranteed. Men- guaranteed it's not his first crime. Well, the, there's also a mental illness component to this. That's it's right.
2: guns. It's guns. We have to get the guns off the street and out of the hands of the criminals and the mentally ill.
4: And uh, before we went on the show, Craig Eaton,
3: who, who just made that comment. I, I want to say somebody, Craig Eaton. I think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know why? You'll never get the guns off the street. The criminals will always have guns. But if we can reduce it, even 50%, John. The criminals, the criminals you, will always have guns. You know who does the killing? Yeah. It's not the guns. It's
0: the person's. It's the
3: person's. Yeah. If you get those people that have violent crimes, three or four or five violent crimes, at what point do you throw them in jail for your, and, and, and say you, you're not supposed to live among civilized people? Governor McGreevy, you want to say something? Uh, John, to go
1: to I, – I think there's obviously and, – and Alan can speak to the different kinds of crimes in terms of street crimes. But when you look at the this tragedy in mm-hmm. Texas and you look at assault weapons – I think there's not only different types of crimes, whether it's the mentally ill, whether it's crimes of violence, but there's also crimes where you know where the ak 47 is employed that was never meant to be for this purpose, and so I think that's a rational place that uh, cocaine
3: cocaine is against the law marijuana is against the law. Tell me one criminal doesn't have cocaine
2: Well, you know we need to have a combination of factors we need to try to get some guns out of the hands of gang members. When I lived in Boston, the African-American community leaders said, come into our community and take the guns away from the 17-, 18-, and 19-year-olds who are endangering our community. Yeah, even if you have to compromise with rights, uh, you've got to take those guns away. And Commissioner Broderick, who you remember, and others like that, came in and they took the guns away, and crime went down tremendously in the African-American community. We have to do a better job at predicting which criminals who are guilty of acts of violence will recidivate and keep them in for longer periods of time. We have to use every tool that are available. We have to teach our police uh, to be better and arm them better and educate them better and fund them even more. This but, is what but we have to do. it
1: apolitically. A- Alan, from, from the perspective of law enforcement, you know, the beat cop in New York City, Isn't there, and when you look at whether the U.K., you look at New Zealand, you look at Australia, you look at Israel, isn't there an argument to be said that we need to get handguns to to go to, isn't there an argument to be made that we have to reduce the amount of handguns as well, even to level the score? Of course. Of course we have to reduce the number of handguns. And the Second Amendment
2: doesn't say just the right to bear arms. It says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the freedom of a free state. Well-regulated. The Second Amendment wants guns to be well-regulated the way they were well-regulated during the militias in 1792. And people have left out that part of the Second Amendment. Well-regulated. We have to regulate guns. We regulate driver's licenses more than we regulate uh, gun licenses. And that's because of the gun lobby. And 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 we, you know, in Congress, people are afraid of the gun lobby. And so we now have the extremes on both sides, the gun lobby on one side and the extreme radical wokes on the other side that want to free everybody and want to have no uh, bail uh, pretrial and want to defund the police. And the middle the people in the middle, like all of us on this show and most of your listeners are the ones getting squeezed.
4: Judge Weinberg. Uh, Alan, what's going to happen with that Supreme Court case testing the uh, constitutionality of the New York state uh, gun it's regulation so
2: law? It's so interesting. I have a column about that coming out tomorrow, in which I say, look, half the country thinks that the, that the government, federal government, has no power, um, that state governments have no power whatsoever to regulate guns. And that's the position that's being taken in this case. And another half says that states have no power to regulate Uh, abortion and 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 the cases look in completely opposite directions and i think the supreme Court will decide that the state of new york doesn't have power over guns but that the that the state of uh, alabama does have power to regulate abortion so i predict that the decisions will be somewhat inconsistent in focus they'll increase state power in the abortion context And decrease it in the gun context. And what is, as a matter of
4: real effect on the streets, Alan, what do you think is going to happen if that law is set aside?
2: Well, I think it will have a a very, very bad impact. And I don't think the Supreme Court is thinking hard uh, in the gun context about what impact this opinion is going to have. You know, there are two kinds of rights. There are rights without victims. Gay marriage, there are no victims in gay marriage. No victims in interracial marriage. And then there are rights that have victims, and gun rights have victims. You might have a right to have a gun, but it's not, there's no free lunch. Uh, it's a zero-sum game. The more people have guns, the more people will get hurt by guns, particularly if the guns are made easily available to people who are either mentally ill or have criminal propensities.
0: These high-capacity guns, I mean, not all guns are the same. Can't no. there be some sort of more stricter regulations when we're talking about these, these uh AK 47s these type of there's assault. There's an
3: underground economy. Everybody can talk nicely, but there's an underground economy. Anything You could have anything you want if you have yeah. dollars. Yeah. Anything yeah, you it want. It costs
2: more dollars. It costs more dollars, and that means there are fewer of them if you make it illegal. In California, the state legislature said kids between the ages of 18 and 21 can't have AK forty seven They can have others. They can have pistols. They can have hunting rifles. They can't have automatic or semi-automatic weapons. And a federal court struck that down as unconstitutional, inconsistent with the Second Amendment, saying the state of California has no power to tell 18-year-old kids who are not mature that they can't have access to weapons of mass destruction, essentially. What an absurd decision.
1: So they need a license to drive a car, but they can walk in and buy an AK-47.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they may need, a, they may need to show ID But a kid who's 18 or 19, you know, has a driver's license, can show uh, ID and can get his gun, can buy magazines and go into a school and shoot it up. And that's
3: what's going to happen more and more often. Professor, we have a few more minutes. Let's go on to a different subject. What else do you want to talk about today?
2: Well, I want to talk about Princeton University, one of the great universities in the United States, who's just engaged in an act of blatant McCarthyism. They fired a tenured professor, a professor named Katz, who was teaching classics, one of the most popular teachers. About 15 years ago, apparently he had an affair with a student, and he was punished. And that was the end 15 of 15 years ago? Wrote, yeah, wait, wait. And then he wrote an article last oh, year. Oh, hold on. Governor McGreevy, can,
3: can you give a pardon yeah. from 15 years ago? 15 yeah, but years ago. It, backdated. it? But wait a minute. It gets worse. Then he wrote an
2: article critical of Princeton's approach to a diversity, equality, and all of that stuff that's going on now which he had a right to do, but as a result of that article, they went back and examined his private life, and the president of Princeton just fired him. The first time a tenured professor has been fired by a major university since uh, in the 1970s. Alan, isn't that and a winning lawsuit? McCarthy isn't. It's a private university, but there are contracts, and I think it could be a winning lawsuit if he can prove that it was because of his speech that they went back and looked at his life which sends a message to every professor. Do not say anything controversial. Just agree with the politically correct statements, and you'll be fine. Nobody's going to look into your sex life. But if you start criticizing racial policies at university, beware. They're going to uncover everything that happened in your life from the time you were 10 years old. It happened to, uh, you know, uh, Justice Kavanaugh. The same thing. People didn't like his views on the merits, so they went back and, 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 and found out that when he was 15 years old, he may have had a beer too many and did something. It's just outrageous. It's what happened during McCarthyism. If people didn't like your politics, they went back and they checked what you were when you were 15, 16, 17, 18, and they got you fired. I was a student at Brooklyn College when they were firing professors. Back then, I thought that was over. And Besides system, that, Princeton, Princeton, Princeton University, University
3: yeah, I understand they received stolen merchandise and refused to return it uh, on uh, uh, from uh, from Greece on the Elgin Marbles or something from the Parthenon that the the, the Germans stole them from from Greece uh, and uh, <laughs> somebody else donated to Princeton. And and uh, the no, the, British, Brit-
1: the British did all the stealing. The- so let's be clear. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming from an Irishman. So
3: but <laughs> the French, the French,
1: the French the, Oh yeah, they they were accomplices. The French, but French, but, but English, Professor yeah. but Princeton's what, guilty. But wasn't Princeton Princeton? Didn't they make clear that this was this dismissal was a result not of his speech but of the actions involving the student?
2: That's what they said. But they never would have looked back at actions. Which had been done years ago and for which he was suspended for a year. He was fully punished. Double jeopardy. We're all getting but the hook back at it only because of what he said. That's as clear as could be. And MIT recently also, uh, terminated, um, apparently voluntarily, but by pressure, one of the world's greatest scientists for events that occurred a long time ago. And then NYU is about to hire him and NYU, as a result of pressure from the Me Too movement, Refused to fire him, hire him, and now this this eminent scientist is unemployed. Alan, it's going
3: thank you. on. Thank yeah. you so so much for uh, telling thank the you. truth out there, and God bless you, yeah. and we'll catch up soon, <laughs> and we'll talk about Brooklyn.
2: Thank you. Yeah, please, thanks.